This is the Closers Only Podcast, a show that helps you unleash your inner sales beast. Here's your host, co-founder of Sell Instruct, Chaba Bolog. So welcome everyone on this episode of Closers Only. Our special guest today is Gurleen Gursi uh, from Life Person, who's an account manager and a very good friend of mine. Hi Gurleen. Hi there, Chava. Thank you so much for having me today. Really appreciate it. Awesome. I'm very happy to have you here today and talk about sales, prospecting, and everything that is related. So how about you introducing yourself before we actually dive into the conversation, who you are, what you're doing currently at Life Person? Yes. So as you mentioned, thank you for that intro. I am an account manager uh, for Live person, which is a conversational chat platform. We provide multi-channel uh, approach for humans and both AI to interact um, and have conversations that are just easier. And I'm on the account management team, which is also part of the commercial sales division. And prior to that, I was a business development manager for a security and supply chain company for two years. And I was doing some of the grassroots of uh, prospecting and doing that outbound outreach. So I do have the experience from a not so much new gen, but old gen perspective. And more recently been leveraging what I can from the account management perspective to reach out to my existing client base. So it's Mm -hmm. been nice to see the evolution of prospecting. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Back then, a couple of years ago, when you were a BDR, I was actually, I think, on a hunt for an SDR job back then. Mm-hmm. We got to know each other. That's why we started talking, just uh, exchanging some ideas on prospecting, and, and which eventually led to a couple of one-on-ones, which eventually led to us being friends. So, guys, uh, don't never underestimate the power of LinkedIn. You can not only make good connections and build a strong network, but make friends, and this is a great example for that, right? Yes, yes, it sure is. And honestly, we we genuinely connected on just wanting to talk about the sales industry as it is and your experience in Hungary, my experience in New York and just wanting to kind of info share and info dump. And that's literally how our relationship grew. (laughs) Yeah. 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 I remember that it was, it was pretty cool. And then we clicked and we were always just sharing ideas with with each other, Mm -hmm. sharing what you're doing, what worked for me, what worked for you. And, and then, you know, we were looking for, uh, you were looking for an SDR job and then you got into life person pretty much. It was an SDR job that you were interviewing for, but you were too good for that. <laughs> if you can say. And they were like, no, you're too good. let's, let's make you an account manager, but still your prospecting, your prospecting mm-hmm. side never, I guess, uh, went away. It always remained with you and you're still prospecting. I'm actually very curious how, on a daily basis, how you're using those prospecting skills you developed as a BDR mm-hmm. and um, how, how, you, how you build your pipeline for pretty much for account expansion. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I think, firstly, being a BDR, SDR, getting to be in the grid and get out there to get your pipeline established 
that is an indelible skill. Like that is probably one of the best skills you can learn. Mm -hmm. And I would hope that anyone who chooses to do that won't devalue the experience. It, it may be unfortunate and annoying <laughs> to have the consistent hangups, the rejections, but you know, you get back up, you reach out, you refine your, your outreach methods and you A-B test and you make it work. So I wanna say firstly, to anyone who's currently doing this, don't despise the time, honestly. Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's always going to be a part of you. And I could say that for me from an account expansion side, um, the fact that I had to go out there and I was getting my leads primarily from trade shows, from going to events, um, from our, some of the inbound ones were like e-downloads and things of that nature. So I was kind of on the really rudimentary, like out there shaking hands, who are you? How can we help you? Um, and then on this side of things from the account expansion, I'm not necessarily going for net new business. I'm trying to grow sales within my existing client base, right? So yeah. I had to refine my idea of what prospecting is. It's not completely out of the equation. It's just getting refined now. So I have contacts that may be day-to-day -day within my account. However, there are contacts that also are to be had. So there's prospecting now. I have to figure out how do I get a hold of these people, mm -hmm. right? So, you know, I would say a major difference is probably in the fact that my leads are coming more warm because I'm pre pretty much piggybacking and leapfrogging off of my existing ones. Mm -hmm. So you can't be afraid to ask, right? Just like you aren't afraid as a BDR to ask for the meeting or what does it take for us to get a meeting? You can't be afraid to ask them for, hey, who's the person on your team that would actually be over this project? And mm -hmm. for them to drop a name. So yeah. you get that name, you do your research on that person, you find out everyone they're connected to, what kind of um, sponsor do you believe that they will be? Are they gonna be an executive sponsor? Would they just be an influencer? Um, all of that will help, but the fact is that you're getting a warm lead at that point that you can go off of. So I would say that's really how my prospecting has changed in a sense, because I've refined um, my approach to what it means to prospect. When you're obviously getting leads for an AE, you're just, you're going, you're casting that net wide. <laughs> There's that high volume of your emails. You're looking at, hey, I'm looking for people in um, the trucking industry. I'm in the New York area. Let's see who I can grab here. This is their business size. But from the account management side, it's a lot more niched. Yeah. So I'm within my account, I'm just trying to really understand that organizational chart, that hierarchy, who's reporting to who, what other departments might our platform be served in outside of the one they're currently using and go to town. <laughs> yeah. yeah, actually you said a lot here. First of all, I would point out on mm -hmm. how crucial being an SDR is to future career growth especially yeah. if you want to no better if you want to be in sales or maybe it, it's going to be very good in marketing as well in my opinion in, yeah. in all areas of business is going to be it's going to be such an asset and why in my opinion it's it's crucial is because i saw the difference people being aes or even uh, csms not being sdrs mm -hmm. in the past not be doing prospecting at all in, in the past yeah not being able to really just pick up the phone and start dialing, not really getting rid of that fear of cold calling or 
oh, I'm not mm-hmm. sure what to say over an email, not to share, not to sure, not sure how to connect with people over LinkedIn. You know, there are these mm-hmm. kind of mindsets that SDRs kind of lose over a certain period of time, and they just get accustomed to the job. And mm-hmm. most people who were not in the job, they they have these difficulties. And I saw that that this person is a salesperson, but I saw that there is something missing from the prospecting side. And no matter mm-hmm. if you're an account manager, CSM, AE, a sales manager, even, you know, I think you right. always have to do the prospecting right. And you should right. lead by example, right? And mm-hmm. um, and that's that's just my mindset. I am not like SDRing full-time anymore, but yeah. I am SDRing and I will be SDRing, I think, for the rest of my life because that's great that's just in sales that's how it works right 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 and i think there's also and you made a very good point i i think there's just the fact that it's a transferable experience whether you stay in sales whether you go to marketing whether um you decide that you know you want to just be an engineer and come out of sales just from the perspective of characteristically what you learn as a BDR is unlike anything else. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's just that, that ability to have that grit, 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 grit is my word of choice here. The grit, your ability to just shake off rejection, like nothing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's also why I probably could not continue to be a BDR because it's just, it wasn't for me. The hangups, I, <laughs> I couldn't do it anyway. <laughs> you did it, you did it for like four years or something, right? I did it for like two years, but like, honestly, my outbound, like my outbound calling, cold calling was not as significant as my physical outreach. Like I'd still made my calls, but I really tried to leverage every other way I could. And I'm not going to act like I was the person who loved to be on the call on the phone. I like to be on the phone, but I didn't like doing cold calling at all. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie. It was hard for me, but it just was an area that I had to um, essentially kind of purpose myself to do like I literally had to do I was listening to all of the podcasts like play your favorite music get yourself pumped (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. like it was a whole mental workup to get it done but when you did it you felt better about it just rip the Mm -hmm. band-aid off (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) pretty much I'm like I had all this stuff going on I got the song going I'm like getting up doing the rocky thing (laughs) and then sitting back Mm -hmm. down pick up the vote (laughs) yeah but but I think you you pointed out that you know what didn't really work for you. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, not every SDR has to be like uh, an amazing cold caller. Right. You know, calling is important, but cold cold calling is maybe not. You know, I'm, I also have a preference for calling people who I have already contacts with. Somewhere we met, I either on LinkedIn or it was email or there's something. I created a context for me to reach out and I preferred those kind of scenarios to pick up the phone and dial them other than just out of any context, picking up the phone and and calling them. And I just just love raising my chances of not being hung up on, right? So I'm the kind of person (laughs) to, I know what I like and I know what works for me but you know what works for you. And obviously that led you to become an account account manager, right? Because I think they figured out during the interview process that, yeah, this is an SDR job, but yeah, maybe something else would suit your personality better. 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and also just transparent, transparently in the process, I was um, going for AE initially. AE? Um, yeah, okay. Yeah, AE. I, I was like, okay, yeah, I could do this, whatever. Um, and it didn't work out and that's fine. And I ended up on the account management side and <laughs> it's it was okay, honestly. But initially my mindset was like, oh yeah, I'm going to hunt, I'm going to do this. And I also had to do some reframing for myself too, to understand like, the, the theory behind account management is it's more farming. Account executive is more hunting. But yeah. honestly, you are, it's sales. So you're hunting still yeah. because I'm tasked with upselling, cross-selling, et cetera. Yeah. So I'm still hunting. It's not diminishing any of that. It's just, again, you're refining your strategy to do that. Yeah. And you're leveraging relationships a bit more so that you're, growing and considering multiple parts of the account. I guess you are doing also a lot of research in your CRM. Who is the right account for you to reach out to? So not only the person to reach out to, but what are those accounts that right now are on my priority list and I should be mm -hmm. pro re-prospecting, right? Yeah, yeah, that's a very good point. Um, the, also, that part of things is that you literally have the data at your disposal to go on with the account. So you can be very account specific um, as you're doing your outreach efforts. Like you're talking about how you wanted to decrease your chances of being hung up on. So yeah. you wanted to go with, you <laughs> yeah. know, those leads that knew somebody or you referred. Similarly, you're going to want to decrease your chances of not being taken up on for a growth opportunity. So yeah. you're going to find it in the account, whether the usage is astronomical in one area on the platform or it's underutilized, whatever it is, you pinhole it. And that's what your messaging is going to be around. Right. Mm -hmm. So yeah. um, it's the same kind of in that regard, I would say. Yeah. But I, I can also actually give an example to this. So I was an SDR, but still, if I can choose where I live my life, LinkedIn or CRM, I would say CRM. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh, you know how is how is usual prospecting going like sales leadership management telling you okay how you ask maybe as an SDR what am I supposed to do to get new accounts new clients oh just go LinkedIn you know find your ICP find the right persona go after them right right and I was always doing that but I was also looking at the CRM and seeing oh there is more than fourteen thousand <laughs> contacts. Mm -hmm in this database who we had some sort of context with some sort of relationship maybe maybe it's just a mql not sure but mm -hmm. there is so much contact here and there are so many untouched contacts here why would i leave it just there you know yep. so i was very I, I think i would call myself a gold digger <laughs> I like that one. <laughs> yeah, so you know, I was I was just really digging CRM very strong and I got just gems. You know, like I was digging that gold and, and I found those gems, sometimes the gold. Uh, and apart from that, uh, I was doing my regular activities on LinkedIn, but I loved just just seeing and finding different accounts, different contacts on LinkedIn that were mm -hmm. that been untouched for months. Obviously, yeah. I asked for account executives, you know, who those accounts and, and contacts belong to. Hey, am I, am I free to go and prospect this? And nobody said no. And I had successes with them. And I saw a lot of organizations just focusing on what's out there, what's out there, you know, what, what you don't what's have. Shiny. Yeah. What's shiny. <laughs> and not, not focus. Actually, oh, we have more than 10,000 contacts in the CRM. Maybe 
3,000 of those downloaded an ebook or signed up for a webinar, so they actually know the brand, what we are doing. Maybe it would make sense to prospect those first. So uh, I, I was doing both. I think you can do both. And I was digging really that, that CRM, and I, I spent more time there, actually, and I'm hitting my numbers. Mm -hmm. I really like that um, idea that you were going in an unconventional route, right? Mm -hmm. So outside of, as an SDR, what you were presented with, because I'm sure you had your list or that territory yep. that you had yep. to work within, the fact that you pinpointed like, hey, there's 10,000 that's untouched. Does anyone want to go here? I will do it. <laughs> and I think that really also speaks not just, and I'm not only bigging you up, but I just think for, for you to be successful as in, in any profession, but especially as a BDR, and I would also say even just in sales, whether you choose to be an AE or an AM, being unconventional will serve you well. Um, mm -hmm. Because honestly, you just need to be ready to do what other people aren't doing. <laughs> and not in a way that you need to go left <laughs> and um, take it to an extreme. I'm not saying yep. that. What I'm saying is you have to be willing to stand out in a marketplace of people who are not trying to do that. Yeah. So um, even in that regard, I, I would say how things are moving towards video, right? Like video prospecting and that kind of messaging now. And for me, I was struggling initially because I'm like, well, how do I use video in account management? And, you know, I don't have any new prospects and whatever. And, you know, I just had to kind of get creative with my use of video. I'm using it for, and I won't say it's so creative, but I, I'm using it for my proposal follow-ups. I'm using it for my introductions uh -huh. into accounts Good. Um, with, my, with my new contacts that I get just to kind of humanize the experience more. And I can't say that everyone's doing that, or I can't say how many people that they have come across that are actually going above and beyond to send them a video and personally connect with them for, to put face to words. You know what I mean? Yep. So there is an element, whether you're going for the 10,000 that no one's touching, whether I decide to do some video and add that into my um, account expansion efforts, you have to be willing to be unconventional and do the work because as a salesperson in general, you have to create opportunity where there's no opportunity. And if you are someone who's been a BDR, you know what it is to really find leads where there are no leads. <laughs> and yeah. if you're a salesperson, you need to be equally equipped to find revenue where no mm -hmm. one thought there was revenue. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Find, find leads when there are no leads. That, that, that's a... <laughs> <laughs> that, that's when the digging digging of the CRM works actually very well, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah I just need to find one more meeting because you know I'm not hitting my quota. <laughs> one more. <laughs> just one more, and always last day, right? So. <laughs> oh yeah, we last day of the, end the, month. Of the month. Yeah. <laughs> Classic. So yeah, you you said that standing out is uh, is a very important element of the job, no matter if it's account management, AEing, SDRing. Yeah. And I had a very interesting conversation with one of our students who started yeah. working two weeks ago as an SDR. And uh, he was like, hey, I sent out an email. I'm supposed to send out a follow-up. Also, I want to send something, a note on LinkedIn. What am I supposed to do? So mm -hmm. I'm like, there is no right answer what you should send on, on LinkedIn as a note. But I can tell you what you shouldn't do. <laughs> And what I did, I, I, I shared my screen 
Uh, and now I'm on the prospected end, you know, right? As a business owner, a lot of companies uh, and SDRs are prospecting me there as, um, as uh, hey, I have a product that can help you yeah. uh, build your business and grow your business. So, yeah, I'm, I'm receiving all these messages. And what I realized that over and over, I'm receiving the same message, right? Same length, mm. same pitch, no voice message, no video. And yep. after pretty much they adding me with a no, there's a follow-up, most probably with another pitch, which repeats the first message. <laughs> so, so uh, like, I'm just getting a little bit annoyed by being yes. SDR'd, if you will. Right? Yeah, because you can really tell. Good. Yeah, yeah. And, and I'm always open. So I'm always actually accepting invites. I want to see the messages. I'm curious about the follow-ups. I'm curious how people prospect me. But... Hmm. I don't particularly like I am, the way I am prospected. There's not enough follow-ups, and also people are unable to handle objections. What I mm-hmm. what I witnessed recently, and mm-hmm. I just showed you know we went through uh, about some of my messages, and I, I picked out a couple of elements. Yeah, maybe this is something you should do. Maybe this is something you should do. Obviously, adjust it to the persona, adjust it to to the industry, but what you don't want to do because LinkedIn is not for pitching people it's rather really True. networking connecting with other people having a conversation right and maybe that conversation can lead to a sale but mm-hmm. i think just most people get it wrong most people try to approach it as cold emails yeah and and it's not mm-hmm. right yeah we, we forget that we could be a person um on linkedin and not just a pitch mm-hmm. person not a pitch yeah. um and I think too, from speaking of the types of prospecting that's out there in the emails, uh, I think one of the challenges too of when you are prospecting and from a BDR perspective is for us, we want to hear a response, whether it's good, whether it's bad. I yeah. mean, ideally good, we want to book a meeting, but if it's bad, like don't talk to me ever again, that's actually helpful too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but I think what's harder is when you get no response and you're like, okay, I mean, obviously we have a little bit more technology behind us to go behind some click rates and open rates that are helping you to gauge your um, temperature for some of your Mm -hmm. messaging. But, you know, you have to figure out how to refine yourself after that, at least for this particular example that you gave with uh, this guy who just started working, you know, he's getting to see the error in messaging um, from an inside perspective to kind of help himself. But when you're just going out there and you're not really getting the ability to know where your messaging went wrong, <laughs> mm-hmm. that, that also gets hard. Cause, right. Yeah. And you think you're right. You think like, well, I have this mass volume of emails that have went out. That must be I'm doing something right. Mm-hmm. But not exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know, I can send out, you know, a hundred invitations right now. That's not all going to (laughs) land. Yeah. Yeah. Also, you know, when when I see that people want the meeting in in this, in this context, if we are talking about as they are, they want the the meeting way too fast before wanting to talk to me actually about a little bit understanding my use case. Mm-hmm. And I asked back, okay, like I need to know a little bit more how you do what you do, how you're getting your data, where you're getting your data from, how you're advertising, do whatever, right. you, you know. And, and I always ask specifics. And, and when I have this kind of, we can call it an objection, right? 
I have sure. somewhat of question or objections, they, they go silent. And, and, and either they figure out that, oh, I, I don't know how to answer that, or just they're they, they, they not ready to answer that, or they just don't want to book the meeting after all. But then why did they prospect me? And that's why I get annoyed then. Uh, mm. it, it's, it's very interesting because when I had my first SDR job, I think I was the same. Mm-hmm. I was sending out those emails and I was sending out those speech messages online. And then what happened when someone asked something back, I had absolutely no idea how to answer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and because mm-hmm. I was, it was, it was okay. Maybe for my defense, uh, it was a technical product, right? And, yeah. and it was a technical industry where I was selling, but still you, you have to know that at least the surface level, uh, if, yeah. if you are, if you're asked a basic question, how to answer that at a basic level, uh, if, if you need to explain to your grandmother, you know, what you're doing, you should, if, if you cannot, then most probably you don't know what you're doing. You know? <laughs> and, um, and yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. In, in, in SDRing, you don't have to be an expert in the product or solution you are selling, but at least at a surface level without sales mm-hmm. engineers, you need to be able to explain. And, and this is something I see that, um, people prospect send out those messages but when there's an objection coming, when there's a question coming, they, they, they don't know how to handle that. And mm-hmm. uh, it's not only sales enablement and, and being enabled with all these sales tools that automate the entire process, but right. well, it comes down to the foundations of human communication, which people yeah. don't have. Right, right. And we can be kind of robotic in, in our responses, especially when you're selling a, pro- a highly technical product. And I admit to making that mistake too, many a times. Um, and even um, here as I was really starting my position and you know, you're know, you kind of inundated with the understanding of the platform and the nuances there. And you're seeing some example of other verticals that might be doing what this, this particular feature is for, but that doesn't mean it's the right mix for the particular account. And I definitely got caught up in feature offloading and not being customer centric, which was an issue for me early on, but that was just my own. And it's something only you as a person. Um, and hopefully, you know, with the mentorship of, you know, your manager and things like that, it's something you start to see. But, um, I just was saying how like unsuccessful my conversations were with customers in that I wasn't prepared for objections. I wasn't mm-hmm. prepared for counter arguments about, well, how can we use this? <laughs> I did not make the shift there. And, um, you know, I, I blame myself for that. I'm not blaming anyone, but I, I would say just on introspection, I was inundated with platform and understanding and that kind of yeah. transition. I really didn't want to take the time to apply to the customer. I wasn't settled in that way, but mm-hmm. it just takes, it really takes you taking a step back and saying, listen, clearly something is going wrong in my conversations, even though every objection will be the same, but clearly something is wrong where I'm getting caught up as soon as they ask me, well, what does this do for me? I'm not making the shift in application. And the shift is what's going to be the biggest selling point for you. Because if they can't see what that will do for their business, not just solving the problem, but what will that do for them specifically and operationally then you really don't have much <laughs> to go mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. you say oh yeah well this is a great product this is this 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 and this that's just technicalities 
how mm. will this help their business operations, their efficiency? Yeah. And going into that is personally what I found is being the more compelling discussion point. So mm -hmm. even if I do get objections about feature, we're not even talking about cost or anything like that. Like, oh, I don't think we need this right now. Um, okay, well, what are you doing currently when you get this, 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 and this? Oh yeah, we do this, 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 and then we manually whatever and et cetera. Okay, what if I told you that we can deflect X amount of this conversation into this? Is that something that sounds like you would be interested in? Hell yeah. Tell me more. Okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, like they, they're not going to see it if you're just product offloading. Like, yeah, yeah we don't want to do that. That sounds too fancy. Okay. Let's, let's boil this down more. If we could do this for this, we <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, of course it sounds too fancy. No one wants to do that. Um, mm -hmm. But when you talk about the business operation, what that will do, how that's going to, increase efficiency in some capacity, then that's where you're making a little bit more sense to them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Very interesting. So, you know, I, uh, you again, you, you touched on a lot of points. <laughs> what, what I want to add from my perspective uh, is that I was a prospector SDR, BDR, senior SDR, and now yes. I'm closing, right? Um, as I'm mm -hmm. running a business, I, I need to close. And that's uh, something I wouldn't say very new because I did it in the past, but uh, still, mm -hmm. like I'm closing more than maybe I would say, yeah, I'm, I'm closing more than I prospect because also there are leads coming in from marketing. So I do more meetings and follow ups, and I need to refine also the way I present what I'm selling mm -hmm. and how can I improve this? Because, mm -hmm. oh, maybe I actually, I'm not sure, is, is really. Is the is the prospect uh, stupid or it was just me not doing a good job? <laughs> you, know, you you might <laughs> sorry for saying that, but you know, like you many many, many yeah. cases, especially in many in many salespeople's mind is that oh it's just oh my god like they are they're just not getting it like they mm -hmm. they uh, it's not worth my time. But you need to take a step back what you said and mm -hmm. evaluate yourself and your skills that okay, is it really right what I'm doing and can I improve this? Because maybe not everything that I'm doing is right. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm doing that too right now because mm -hmm. I want to improve as a salesperson. It's a never-ending journey. Uh, I, I, I think we discussed this already. There is no such person, in my opinion, as a sales expert or like expert. Like there's just a mm. professional, right? Yes. Those who claim like themselves that. leaders, experts. I mean, if you claim yourself to be an expert, I'm not sure if you actually are because you mm -hmm. think that you cannot, you cannot, you cannot learn more. That's learn, for me. Yep. You cannot learn you more. You always can learn more. Always. There's yeah. no, no end to that. There's mm -hmm. always, there's always better. And now even as a trainer, I'm learning, I'm learning more mm -hmm. how I can improve. And this is, I think what you covered that um, you had, prospecting experience some closing experience and then when you were doing your account management job you need to take a step back and just again evaluate like is it is everything i'm doing okay and where can i improve and that's where i think the real magic can happen mm -hmm. right and you know you touched on a, a great point look how we do this we always have so much going on yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> but it's about being teachable honestly it is about being teachable and yeah. teachable coming not from your manager, but learning from your experiences with your customers, because that will let you know 
that'll give you a temperature for where you're at. Now I'm not talking about how many deals you've closed. That mm-hmm. doesn't, or how many meetings you've booked. I personally, I think that is a measure of success from a KPI perspective and what you need to do. But okay. I think your biggest successes are not metricized because you're going to have those hard conversations where it's like, well, what is that really going to do for me? That's your learning growth moment right there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. your learning growth moment. Um, the the failed batch of your first cadence <laughs> that went out. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. That's your learning moment right there. <laughs> oh, yeah. So that, you know what I'm saying? Like those aren't exactly metricized. And when I look back um, to some uncomfortable and stale, <laughs> I will use the word stale conversations that I've had with customers where it's like, you're not getting anything back. I'm just like, okay, what did I do here? <laughs> mm-hmm. And this is outside of personality, right? Um, yeah because you're going to get a couple spectrums of personality. But those are your learning moments. That's where you need to be teachable and learning from your actual customer. And then, um, like you said, if, if you consider yourself a professional, a consummate professional that is just trying to get better within your industry, um, within how you service your clients, your customer base, and increase your value of learning around you, then I believe that's really the best mindset you can have. Because if you pin yourself into just being an expert or a maven or whatever the lofty terms are for what you are. Uh (laughs) Um, Self-imposed terms for all those things. Then it it does leave out the room for for growth. Like if you called yourself an expert in 2015 with prospecting on LinkedIn, before they even dropped video and voice notes, you'd be missing out on a whole nother approach right now and a whole nother market. Because you're capping your, your expertise at your technology that was available to you. Mm-hmm. And you're not moving with the times. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, again, so... <laughs> <I love. laughs> so the first you said that, yeah, the real learnings come from the tough moments. And I had failing moments as an SDR and I had amazing moments. Um, to get to the amazing moments, you need to fail a lot of times. In my opinion, I wasn't born. I wasn't born to be awesome at, at what I was doing. I just, I think I just muscled through and I read a lot, sure. followed a lot of people, listened to podcasts, what you said, you know, like really just to get pumped up and get the learnings, buying online courses, whatever it takes, whatever it takes to, to get better. But still, it, it just wasn't clicking. It wasn't working out. And, I think it took really a lot of time and thinking, even thinking when I wasn't working, maybe even dreaming, you know, to put those little, connect those little dots that they should be doing this. And when it clicked, it started working. But to get there, I I had those cadences, which I found on many different sales blogs and I put it in my cadence as it was as a template. And uh, yeah, I, I was told to F off. (laughs) <laughs> so you know many 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 times i think the, the worst thing that happened was uh, called out on twitter even my own company was named that uh, yeah you shouldn't be doing like the prospect called me out you shouldn't be doing this and i think that's a very embarrassing moment as they are shaming is stuff especially for starting oh. sdr uh, but you learn from that a lot and it's going to just make you stronger and better 
and you know now today I'm in a position that yeah I've seen the bad I've seen the good and I combine my experiences from both and that's what we want to teach the students so they actually try they, they won't go the direction that was very bad for me or mm -hmm. sometimes your know, success gets to your head and then you get overconfident that's why you're not performing so there are like so many scenarios that can work and that's mm -hmm. I think just to, it's good to is is good to have perspective always and stay to the ground. Don't try to claim yourself to be an expert, but keep learning, keep doing. Sooner or later, it's gonna click. Sales is absolutely learnable. It's just it takes time and effort, and it's it's stuff. It's not easy, but if you do it, you're gonna be good, and you're gonna make a lot of money. <laughs> I I'm raising both of my hands to that one. <laughs> it's so yeah. true, and. There's one thing I did want to touch on um, that I meant to say earlier and I completely forgot, but the relationship that you have between um, as an SDR and your AE that you may mm -hmm. be aligned to. Yeah. Just yeah. to talk on that for a second. Yeah. Um, it is, you can be so siloed in your responsibilities sometimes that you don't really think of everybody else, right? Mm -hmm. So as an SDR, you're just like, okay, let me get these meetings. Um, when we batch out these emails, when we batch out these calls, I need to make X amount of dials today for the week. Um, whatever, that's where your mind is. And then the AE is thinking, well, I need to book some demos. I need whatever. So like the overlapping circle there is, okay, you both want meetings, <laughs> but yeah. you know, the AE is in the dark about how the SDR is approaching getting these meetings. Sometimes they're directly aligned to each other and nobody's talking in between. Um, and if we're talking about being teachable and wanting to learn, you're going to want, as an SDR, you're going to want to glean from your AE the next steps in your sales process and what kind of questions do they ask. Like, mm -hmm. it's going to benefit you to kind of learn their style, not to completely cater to them, but to also know, hey, I missed some of these questions in my messaging. I missed some of these questions in... Um, the little bit of discovery I did when I got them on the phone. Now I know that when they get on the call with Mr. AE, they normally ask these questions. I can actually ask those now because yeah. I know that those are beneficial. I mean, either mm -hmm. way as an AM, AE, you're still going to do that discovery again for yourself, yeah. but at least those points are commonly confirmed. And also you as an SDR are positioning yourself to learn what those next steps are. If you choose to want to continue in the profession and become an AE to become an AM, whatever have you, you at least now know what some of those requirements are. And then you don't stop there. You try to pair yourself with other um, departments, whether it's the other engineers, um, some of the other solutions consultants, implementation, whatever you're going to do it it benefits you to at least take the initiative to find that information initiative is is golden because you're going to learn more about the platform you're going to learn more about when they're doing the physical implementation process with whatever this client is what the pain points were even though you won't disclose all, all that you know from the back end what those issues were yep. so you can actually handle objections up front a little bit more is it your job description to know the engineering no Will it hurt you? Absolutely not, because you're arming yourself with as much as you can to get a full picture. And when you have a full picture, you're confident in your conversations. Well said. <laughs> <laughs>
yeah, yeah well so. said. What, what, what I really would encourage for like every starting SDR to do is, I think, in the first two months, just go to your demos you book. Um, there yes. are going to be most probably several A's that uh, you book meetings for. And it's good to see different A's delivering meetings and then how they're doing their demos because their style is different. They are asking their yes. questions differently. Confirming next steps is going to be different. Some are better, some are a bit, a bit lousy. So, you know, you, you have perspective, actually, what, mm -hmm. th what you said, what those questions are that I want to use, what is the style that maybe I want to develop or right. mimic, right? And, and then just just do it. Like, I remember mm -hmm. first time going to the absolute quota crusher sales beast <laughs> meeting a demo at, at the first time, my previous company. And wow, I was like, this is very good. Like, he's very friendly, very, like, it was mm -hmm. just everything. Uh, like, I feel like if I'm a buyer, I want to mm -hmm. buy from him. Mm -hmm. And he was he was better than anybody else. He was, he was always setting expectations. He was always just showing what prospects were interested in. And he also confirmed always next steps, what those are going to be. So everyone Excellent. was on the same, same page and, and it sounds simple. It's harder to execute, but he was very good. And he had the right personality and mindset also to succeed in this because positive mindset is, it also has mm -hmm. very high impact on whether you are going to be successful or not. Mm -hmm. I really like that. Um, because, doing next steps it like you said it's simple but then you said personality and mm -hmm. where outside of being teachable um being who you are <laughs> just being who you are and i know with um i guess some of the common demographic for sdrs and bdrs maybe just coming right out of college there is a sense of identity that's still being formed yep. professionally yep. um which is why that's such a crucial time um for SDR managers um, and things like that to really kind of nurture that professionalism, but also for you as a person to do that inner work outside of you doing the sales training, you're in the sales groups on LinkedIn, you're on this podcast and that podcast, that's all well and good. But these people who are talking to you, even myself and you Chaba, we're talking now, um, we've put in that time of learning this information, right? And we're still learning. However, what puts the feet to that information is us as people, us and our personality. And we gravitate to talk to each other because we're individuals and we get along and whatever, but we're still different people when we're on the phone, when we're prospecting. And we have our individual successes because we're two individuals, mm -hmm. <laughs> comfortable being individual yeah. people. So, yeah. you know, we can't, I really hope for anyone who's listening, who's an SDR, BDR, whatever you're doing, just remember the information's important, the context, the format, the templating, but put your flair on it, put your sauce in there and don't be afraid to do it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You need to find your style. You, you, you just, you, you need to figure out what works for you. And, and even though the best sales trainer in the world told you otherwise, you need to understand that, okay, this is me. And that's why I'm going to deliver that demo or pick up the phone and say what I want to say the way I want to say it because that resonates with me and if I'm comfortable and confident saying what I want to say the prospect on the other side is going to resonate with me more see me more confident and tend to believe me more mm -hmm. that, that that that's what matters actually yeah it's very and, true yeah 
Yeah, so, that, that confidence and it's the enthusiasm too. I, mm -hmm. I find the most compelling salesperson, the most compelling professional, even if you're not in sales and you decide to go another course, what makes you a compelling professional is you being passionate and individualistic. Yeah. And that's, a, that's just infectious. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> you could be talking about, you know, screwdrivers right now, but if you are lighting up talking about screwdrivers and know every pinpoint of that screwdriver, I'm going to be convinced I need another tool set right now. <laughs> I can retrain myself. Maybe on screwdrivers. We'll see. <laughs> I think that's going to be our next exercise. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, not how do you sell this pen, but how do you sell the screwdriver? <laughs> oh God, the pen! Right? I can't. I have <laughs> the infamous question: How would you sell this? Yeah, oh. sales interviews. <laughs> I don't even uh, want to. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think yeah, it's it's been it's been a great conversation. I think it's a very good point to to wrap this up uh, because people now have perspective on just what you're doing and what what your journey was and what worked for you and i think that the, the conclusion in this is everyone should be listening to those thought leaders and influencers what they're saying but also if they're listening to them they should also listen to themselves yes and then combine the good stuff and then magic is going to come out of that mixture Absolutely. And don't think too hard about the concoction either. It's as the information gets into you and it meets the person that you are, that's just going to flare out organically. Yeah. It's going to flare out. So be encouraged to anyone who's listening, be yourself, get the information, be teachable and don't be afraid to get out there and get it. <laughs> yeah. Totally agree. All right. Thank you very much, Gorlin, for joining. Before we actually wrap this up, uh, I, where, where can people find you? How can people connect with you? Yes. Um, I am on LinkedIn frequently. So you can definitely find me on there. Gorlin Gersey. Don't be shy. Send me an invitation and hopefully we can have more sales conversations. And if I can be of any assistance in your journey, I would be glad to do so. Awesome. Thank you very much for joining us today. I think it was awesome. For more tips and tips on sales development, check out salesinstruct.com or reach out to us on LinkedIn. They're happy to connect. Stay tuned for the next episode.